all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? You know. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And that's Jesse. And I'm David. <laughs> and this is all bad things. Jesse just had to chime yes, in there. Yes, he did. <laughs> just, he decided to blow up my spot. Yeah, he did. He is not deciding if he wants to be in or out. He mostly just wants to play in our soundproofing, i.e. the cover, the comforter that we throw over our door. <laughs> yes, our expert soundproofing. Yes. Uh, follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook at AllBadThingsPod. Email us at AllBadThingsPod at gmail.com. Which is the best place for you to make suggestions. Correct, yes. And join our um, All Bad Things Facebook group. Please answer the question logically. Please. (laughs) Or you will be barred. (laughs) Or just simply dismissed. You will be barred from something you never joined in the first place. (laughs) Your, your, uh, Your request shall be declined. Speaking of being barred from something you never joined in the first place. Uh Uh-huh. That leads us into our second episode of The Lost Colony of Roanoke. Oh, yes, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Never invited in the first place. Very true. Very true. You just showed up. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we're we're here. Like, this is how it's going to be. And uh, too bad if you don't like it. I'm guessing there was a little bit of pushback on that. Well, we shall find out, (laughs) shan't we? Um, So. We are recording on July 31st, Mm -hmm. and this is being released on August 3rd. Now, ironically, um, and obviously not planned in any way, shape, or form, because we couldn't have, uh, by the time this is being released, the Outer Banks is likely getting a bit of a lashing from Hurricane Isaias. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not laughing at that event. I'm laughing at the name of the hurricane, but... But at this point, I think a year ago, this hurricane would have been a much bigger deal. Absolutely. But at this point, it's just like... I think the American public can kind of handle whatever you're willing to throw at it. They're just like... They're well, like, there's a lot of very valid concerns. I mean, this thing yes, slammed Puerto Rico. It hit Puerto Rico bad. Yes. Tons Again, of rain. Yeah. Puerto Rico never oh recovered from... Yeah. Was that Maria? Oh, I think it was Maria. Yeah. And then before that, it was... Not, yeah, Puerto Rico cannot catch a break with no. these storms. So um, it's a it's a low category. I think it's a category one turning into a category two, and then they're expecting it to be back to a one by the time it reaches North Carolina. It could potentially impact us some, but we're pretty far inland, and usually it ends up being um, bad rain and some wind gusts. Yeah, we'll get so, a lot of rain. Yeah, typically rain. Although we've been getting a fair amount of rain most days recently. Um which is why the roof took so long to fix, <laughs> but or replace. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's been a whole. I'm sure you all are fascinated by our personal they are home ownership dramas. <laughs> um, but so I, it's just kind of weird timing that we're releasing this at a time where well, we we talked about um, how the Outer Banks are barrier islands, which are we talked about the sandbars that we did talk about the geography of mm-hmm. the Outer Banks in the first episode. So mm-hmm. 
And I'm I'm sure anybody who listens probably looked it up if they didn't know already. Right. And you can, I mean, you can see for yourself, it's just this whole slew of islands that mm-hmm. are just kind of there. Yeah, like long and skinny. Yeah. Yeah, island chain. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, are, is this going to be a problem? Yeah, it's all right. Just keep going. <laughs> just ignore the cat. Yes, ignore the cat. Pawing at the soundproofing. Mm-hmm. Jesse. Yeah, ignore the cat pawing at the soundproofing that is... A... Jesse! What are you eating? <laughs> Again, riveting, riveting content. <laughs> it's free. Please keep that in mind. Ad-free and free to you. <laughs> so We may have to let right, him out. He wants to get out. Yeah, his brother's out there. There you go. Go on. Go, run. Oh, Jesse. If he was going to stay in, I was going to be... Annoyed at him. There we go. All right, there we go. <laughs> see, I did. You see how smooth of a transition that was. That was very was? good. You did good. Didn't even harm the soundproofing. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> um, Again, fascinating. Yes. Maybe that's why we don't have the listens that we used to. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say about you, you? You hinted that you had something to say about multi-parters and that people listens tend to. Yes. Okay. Well, seeing as this is going to be a three-part yes, episode. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, anytime we've done a multi-parter, mm-hmm. the first episode is always the one that has the most listens. And then it from what I've off, seen, yeah. and then it, and then it's. For me, on on certain stories, I kind of understand. On other stories, I'm like, I'm like, why wouldn't you want to hear the ending? To because kind of fascinating or whatever. Or maybe people already know, and they just and they just didn't know the build up to it. Maybe, and that's kind of the more interesting part, right? Which is what we which is what we try to provide. Like, Mm -hmm. how did it get to contextual? Yes, yeah, Uh, yeah. These things don't happen in a vacuum, right? That Mm -hmm. we're talking about. So. But I believe for the first time, because I just noticed this today, mm-hmm. looking through, our part two of JFK Jr. Really? Is about 100 listens above part huh, one, which okay. I think is the first time that's ever happened. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that we've had a, a sequel. Yes. Uh-huh. This sequel being The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's the first time we've had a sequel have more listens. That's interesting. Than the original, I I believe. I think uh, we we got a fair number of listens on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how interesting it is for people to listen to three episodes of me railing against American Amer- <laughs> uh, European colonialism of America. But <laughs> but uh, if you're hanging in there so far, good for you. I have a nice uh, soapbox speech to give at the end. Not today. Tomorrow. Well, not next week. Yeah. The following Monday. Yes. <laughs> From this Monday. Yes. Whichever Monday it is you hear it. Uh, August 3rd is the release yes. of it. Yes. So. All right. Are we ready to get Let's back to our uh, this is a, it's, high I mean, drama it's a, on the high seas? It's a fascinating story. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I'm going to reiterate the intro and then kind of remind us where we were. So. In the 1580s, Sir Walter Raleigh made multiple attempts to establish a colony on the coast of modern-day North Carolina. When a relief, or I should actually say off the coast of modern-day... Yeah, it's part of North Carolina. When a relief mission was sent to the last colonists arriving in 1590, all of the previous inhabitants were missing, as were most of their belongings, and they were never found or heard from again. So when last we met on this program... 
so we covered the early days of European exploration in the New World, mm-hmm. meaning North America. Visited the bonkers goings-on of the English monarchy in the 16th century. And talked Spain versus England, i.e. Catholicism versus Protestantism. And then Walter Raleigh got his first scouting expedition to Roanoke Island. Things went pretty well. And it, that's what earned him the Sir title. He got knighted mm-hmm. for that by Elizabeth II. Or, no, nope, for... Elizabeth I. Sorry, Elizabeth. He also got knighting, knighted for sending people to do... His his work, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's good at that. He, he was is. very good at that. Uh, everyone returned safe and sound from that expedition, along with which is his... a, which is amazing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, really, it kind of is. Yeah, in the but, in the 16th century. Rem- well, yes, even just surviving the voyage. Just, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you're going across, even if you're going ten miles mm-hmm. across, who knows what the hell if is going to happen? It past childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> if you made it to thirty. You know, you were like an elder statesman. Right. <laughs> um, so, and and so everyone returned safe and sound, including their new friends from the New World. In other words, they took uh, one cheese and uh, Manio. Yes. Uh, to indigenous people. Uh, well, they from... invited them. Well, we talked about that last week yes. where it was not 100% I, I believe, consensual. <laughs> I believe they felt they were taken. Well, uh, so. when she's definitely dead, yes. and we'll get more into that. So now Raleigh is ready to get back to his colony of Virginia. Remember, that's what they named mm-hmm. it, uh, even though this is known as the Lost Colony of Roanoke because it's on modern-day Roanoke Island. Uh, and this time, this time he was going with actual—he was going to send actual people to go and stay. So not just go look. You're gonna go and, and come live. back steal two people and yes. kidnap two people and come back. And if you have to do that while you're living there, then so be it. Mm-hmm. If you have to steal and kidnap two people and Right. But so, there but there are trees and shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> trees and shit. Yeah. There's uh not the best soil, actually. Yeah. So at least here, I don't know if it's because North Carolina uh, not has a on very the coast. diverse yeah. ecosystem. It does. Uh, uh, here where we live in central uh We're in the Piedmont, right? Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yeah, because North Carolina has coastlines, so like beach and sandy coasts. It has the Piedmont, which is like a transition between the coast and the mountains, and then it has the Appalachians Mm -hmm. in western North Carolina. So it's actually very diverse. Where we are, certainly, if you dig, it's literally red clay. Yeah, and you only have to dig a couple of inches to get to it. It's it's really weird land, like or soil, yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, there's also a lot of farming here, so people clearly know how to work with it. But there are very few, if any, basements in North Carolina. I'm sure there's a couple, but because of the red clay, like basements just aren't a thing here. Well, it's it's not. I feel like basements are a cold climate thing. Kind of, but it's also because you can dig in. Yeah. Like, you know, a basement is essentially underground. Sure. But you, you just can, you can dig here. But it's a a lot more effort, way more effort. I guess the clay is probably hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never worked in construction, so I can't speak to that. But me neither. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> so with the blessing of Queen Elizabeth. So with the blessing of clay. <laughs> as we move on. <laughs> with the blessing of Queen Elizabeth of his home country, England, Raleigh was ready to establish his colony of Virginia in the New World. 
So as with his first expedition, he himself would not be traveling (laughs) across the Atlantic Ocean. But also remember, Raleigh was basically like a rich bitch landowner. And he put out the day he was ready, he put on his brand new 1580s Hot Topic clothes. And he's like, all right, I'm feeling it today. (laughs) Oh, he's like the he's like the guy in Silicon Valley with the car with the (laughs) wing doors. I, I was thinking he was a little bit more like uh, maybe like Anakin Skywalker. A little oh, bit. Oh, well, to keep yeah. with the theme. There sure. you go. Mm-hmm. But that's what he had on, his fresh 1580s Hot Topic clothes. And yes. he was just like, today's the day. I'm, I'm sending them. <laughs> I, I'm feeling it today. <laughs> I think you'll like this. So he did have business in England, after all. He was, a, he was an MP. He no, was a member, member of Parliament. Parliament. He was a vice admiral. And... Okay. Lord Lieutenant of Cornwall. <laughs> so does that beat the Marquess of Hardington? Uh, As most British title Not ever? by name, no. Yeah, okay. Uh, Marquess of Hardington is still way more fun than... But Lord Lieutenant of Cornwall? That's pretty close. It's good. It's, it's pretty a close. close second. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be... I'm going to run for that, too. Just, just in case the <laughs> Marquess... Present to you, Lord just Lieutenant in case... of Cornwall, sir. Just in case people get thrown by the Marquess of Hardington on the ballot, they'll vote for... Lord Con- Lord Lieutenant of Cornwall. That's right. <laughs> I'm running for that, too. Maybe that's the VP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the VP ticket. The running mate. So add that to the fact... Add to the fact... Add to that the fact that he was now a knight. There's no way he was going on this risky mission. So Raleigh looked for his next expedition leaders and found Ralph Lane. Hmm. Now, I put photo here to show you a photo, but I very quickly realized I'm just showing you, like, paintings of old people, like, people from the 16th century. We saw plenty in that library. They do all look the same. Yeah, they do. They look weird (laughs) and are dressed very strangely. Well, and there's no... To us. And it's, it's... it's literally being cut from the perspective of another person right. because they're painting them. Right, except it's, for that, it's not a picture. That death mask we saw when we saw this exhibit with your dad mm-hmm. at UNC that talked about Raleigh and the Lost Colony, and that was the first I ever heard of it. We saw somebody's death mask. Do you remember that? Or it was like I, a, I a no. an imprint of the death mask or something, no. so you could actually see what their face literally looked like because it was a mold. Oh, I guess I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember who it was, which is an important detail. It was that guy. It was that guy. You know that guy. It wasn't Sir Walter Raleigh because he didn't make this journey. That's right. (laughs) Um, It was somebody whose name you would recognize, like it was somebody famous, but anyway. Um, So anyway, Ralph Lane. Does the name Lane sound familiar as like a street maybe you've seen downtown? Sure. Yep. So Lane, I'm assuming that's the Lane of Lane Street or... Was it Lane Road, Lane, whatever, in downtown Raleigh is oh, Ralph Lane. Okay. Um, also, I I don't know why, but I didn't know people were named Ralph in the 1500s. I didn't know that either, no. <laughs> does it sound like a 40s or 50s, 1940s, 1950s It definitely name? does not sound like a 16th century name. It's just not, it's, it's not <laughs> well, a... Well, Lieutenant of Cornwall, Ralph Right, Lane. it's not, it's yeah. not a, it's not epic enough. It's not, like, it's not grandiose. Nobody wa- yeah, nobody wants to be named Ralph. Ralph. For any reason, that's much that's less in the 1600s. <laughs> oh, now we're we're not only isolating Ainsleys, we're, we're now isolating all the Ralphs are Ralphs. gone. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ralph. <laughs> so Lane was in his 50s, so basically wow. ancient back then. Yeah, right? he was like 170. Right, he was a former member of Parliament, a military man. 
Uh, He had served in Queen Elizabeth's household for a number of years. And honestly, I could find no other information on him as far as, like, why did Raleigh pick this guy? He was not, like, some uh, adventurer or explorer or anything. Not known for his sailing prowess. So I'm guessing it was literally because of his standing. He was was going to say it was was political. Yeah. Yeah, that it was a political pick. Yeah, basically. And he's a connected guy, basically. He's a friend of ours. <laughs> so he had... <laughs> he had been building forts in Ireland on the Queen's orders. So she recalled him from there and assigned him to Raleigh's expedition, thereafter known as the Lane Expedition, because Ralph Lane was dubbed the governor of the colony that would be established. So from uh, that, that was established by people thousands of miles away from the actual colony <laughs> that nobody else agreed to. <laughs> what am I missing? No, I, it was a dub joke. Don't oh, okay. I, I I was it, thinking I um, is this one I'm just supposed to let go? No, it, no, okay. it's not. But that's okay. Just okay. Move, just move on. All right. <laughs> Good one. You're such a cad. Aren't you a rake? Good sir. <laughs> All right. From a military mission perspective, the leader was Sir Richard Grenville, an experienced English military man and one Sir Raleigh's cousin. Sure. Keeping it in the family. Yeah. Uh, He would drop off the colonists and come back later with fresh supplies. So he was like the go-between, right? Now, the Lane Expedition was a military expedition. Sure. And... be given the time and the context, therefore, ergo facto, all of the colonists were ma- male men. Uh, around 600 They, they, they men. were male men. Ma- male men. They were all male men. <laughs> uh, no, they were all men. Uh, and there were around 600 of them, by best estimates, who were actually Sounds about going. Right. Yeah. yeah. And about half of them were intending to stay as colonists. Now, it's important to remember, like, something I gathered, at least, from all of this shit is that these expeditions, it wasn't just like there was always a single purpose. A lot of times there would be contingents that would go off and do other things. There were side missions. It was like a video game. There were side missions. I mean, pretty much. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. mostly what they're doing is scouting. Like, can we live here? What are the threats around here? Are there animals around but here that I we mean, can kill and eat? What I mean is only 300 of them are even staying to do that much. Right. The others, some were going back for... These are fleets. This isn't a single ship. So, Understandable. Um, yeah. Some were going back to England for to resupply. Right. Some were going to go up to, like... Uh, uh, Newfoundland, some were going to go... I mean, I'm not saying in this expedition specifically, but I'm just saying that it, it was really common for there to be multiple tasks. Because sure. if you're going to put together an entire crew at this point in history, that is an... Ex- and and the fleet and the whole thing, that is an expensive proposition and you want to get your bang for your buck. Well, right? we do the same thing still today when we send people into space. They have mm-hmm. multiple tasks. Right. There are uh, all sorts uh-huh. of things to do. Like, you're going to cl- uh, collect rock samples. Right. You're going to collect space dust. Mm-hmm. You're going to study space dust. Right. Like, it's... You're going to go on a... Uh, what is that called? A walk? Spacewalk. Spacewalk. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same concept. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're just there trying to figure out the land. Like, is this worth it? 
can we do this? And we're going to send our 300 best. Well, here's my theory on exactly. It wasn't so much can we. It was because it was a military expedition. My suspicion would be it would be more like how can we dominate the people <laughs> it was more who like, are already there. It was more like uh, we're going to. Yeah. And like, we're like, military, we're, like we're, we're so... Past, we're past can we. I mean, it's not like they were taking diplomats. They were taking force. So... Yeah. I mean, that's just how, that's how it was back then. That's how it's about to be again. <laughs> so, um, despite being a military mission, not all of the men who went were career military. They took along John White... Remember that name for later, but we'll remind. And Thomas Harriet. So Harriet's name might sound familiar because he was the one. Do you remember last week when um, Manio and Wenchies were brought back to uh, England? Mm-hmm. Was it by this guy? It was Harriet who helped or communicate with them. He learned that's the Carolina Algonquin right. yes. dialect. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, so that he was going back. And then John White was an artist who was a skilled cartographer. Mm-hmm. So obviously his skills would be useful for creating the first European maps of this new land. Yeah, I said, <laughs> that people already lived on. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then along with the English colony, colonists were Wanchies and Manio, finally getting back to to go back home, right? After a year or so spent in the wonderful, wacky, and I'm sure thoroughly horrifying world of 16th century England. So the Lane Expedition set out from Plymouth. We're talking Plymouth, England, not Plymouth, Massachusetts. So Southwest England. Um, and Because this is still, we're still talking 35 years before the Pilgrims. Like this is pre-Pilgrim shit. Uh, on April 9th, 1585, every time I wrote or say the year 15, I'm like, that's too far back. I must be, <laughs> must have meant 19. Nope, nope, 1585. There couldn't have been people Things back happened then. in the 1500s. Who'd have thunk? I would not want to live back Oh then. my God, Hell no. Then. But you know, what's funny is that like 500 years from now, people are going to say the same exactly. thing about us. Or like weird <laughs> people. Again, if we make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like, in the year 25, yeah. 25. Yeah, who was that again? Zager and Evans? Sure. It was like a one-hit wonder, yeah. basically. I think it was Zager and Evans, yeah. It's a crazy song. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> it, It's pretty apocalyptic, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so the expedition... Shout out to Zager and Evans. <laughs> We hope if you're listening. Still alive. Yeah. The expedition's fleet consisted of seven ships, and the journey across the Atlantic was a treacherous one. One of the smaller ships in the fleet sank in a storm off the coast of Portugal. Now, I did not see any any um, reference to lost lives, so it's possible it was just the ship. I think back then it was just like assumed. Like, <laughs> well, uh, maybe there's that too. Yeah, I mean, we're just yeah. we're, we're gonna lose a couple. You know. No one bites <laughs> dust. Yeah. So some of the ships in the fleet got separated, but Grenville had set up a rendezvous point in Puerto Rico ahead of time. So the plan was for them all to meet up there before proceeding to the new colony. Well, Grenville's ship, the Tiger, the flagship, was captained by Simon Fernandez, who, as you may recall, or not, it's been a while since we recorded, was the captain of the first expedition voyage. Of course he was. So... And I, I remember that. 
Okay, so real quick, if you noticed a hard stop there in my laugh, it's because I have zero chill when it comes to pretending like I edit this. Our uh, computer slowed down. Yeah, and we had some technical difficulties, so I basically had to stop mid-sentence. Um, and I literally just listened to what we just said, and I forget where to start up. Again. That's okay. Well, we have a... Uh, okay, so, okay, Simon uh, Fernandez, yes. captain, right? So the Tiger, Grenville ship, captain by Fernandez, was the first to arrive in Puerto Rico on May 11th, and Grenville and his men worked to build a fort to protect themselves from potential attacks from Spanish colonists who were already there, and to practice their building skills for the new colony, which I found kind of cute. Like, did they sure. not practice that at home? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, okay. Maybe everything was already built. Because didn't... Uh, Gren- <laughs> Didn't I say that? Yes. Yeah. So, dude knew how to do it. I guess he he had to learn how to, like, tell people how to do it. (laughs) Something like that. Or actually do it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he's he just a, over, maybe a, a bunch of maybe a bunch of these people have just been telling people what to do all their maybe. lives. It's like, no, we need you to actually cut down that tree and like and, and do it. Make yeah. a make a home out of it and shit. Um, another ship, the Elizabeth. Three guesses who that ship was named after. I don't know. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, no, no. that's the one. The, the that was queen. my first guess. The queen. Uh, arrived about a week later, but that was it. None of the other ships. So remember, this There were is, seven. There were seven total. One sank. Mm-hmm. So now we have four remaining ships, and they're not showing up in the rendezvous points. Uh, so the Roebuck, the Red Lion, and the Dorothy, the three of the other ships, just went straight to the colony. Um, and I couldn't find any mention of the last one, so uh, I'm for ge- me to try I'm, and go. I'm guessing it's know. at the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> somewhere. Or maybe history just didn't with think it with, was... a, with a thousand other ships. I mean, maybe they didn't think it was important enough to mention. I don't know. I gotta say this: I cannot imagine navigation navigating the ocean today mm-hmm. is dangerous. As fuck. Yes. Yes. The... Can you imagine trying to do it 400, no. 500 years ago no. with wooden boats and Cloth no. sails or no. silk sails, and, no. and, and <laughs> people no. were literally trying to watch out for sea monsters and like the edge of the world and yes. like weird shit like that. And thinking and they you, could find the Pacific Ocean from Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck? I like, know. like, like <laughs> you fuck have to all. be a, a special kind of. You have to be a special kind bonkers, of 1600s, er, yeah. <laughs> to want to get in on this. Uh, 1500s at this point. Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, yeah. I meant the 16th century. Yes, person, yes. Person, people thing. A person, people thing? Yes. <laughs> Cover all the bases. <laughs> yes. So Granville eventually decided to tool around a little and privateer. Yeah, yeah fuck it. <laughs> in Hispaniola. So remember, Hispaniola is the island that has the Dominican Republic in Haiti um, today. Uh, so he decided to do that before continuing on to the colony. So he captured and brought along two Spanish ships uh, before uh, doing so. Now, in the meantime, the Roebuck, the Red Lion, and the Dorothy had reached the colony, with Grenville following in late June. So when he arrived in the Outer Banks, <laughs> the Tiger ran aground, <laughs> almost destroying the ship and ruining a bunch of their supplies. Sure. So right away, there's a little bit of a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, oopsies. <laughs> I, just, I love that I'm, like, getting kind of shade, throwing some shade on, like, they ran aground, ha, ha, ha. When I'm like, first of all, I couldn't do jack shit in a boat. And two, you're absolutely right. It was the 1500s. Who the fuck knew how to do anything in a boat? Well, that, but they did anyway. Ran, ran aground. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so as they worked to repair their flagship, Grenville and some of his men explored the immediate area. So the, again, just kind of a re- refresher from last week. This is all around Pamlico Sound. So like the mid and southern outer banks. Okay. So John White and Thomas Harriet were two of those people who were with Granville, and because they were an artist and a scientist, they collaborated on a scientific survey of the flora and fauna of the immediate vicinity, with Harriet making observations and White drawing his illustrations. Their efforts... I put the wrong form of there, there. I shouldn't point out my own typos. Their efforts (laughs) eventually produced a book entitled... A Brief and True Report of the New Found Land of Virginia. The beleaguered... It's brief and true. <laughs> yes. We're just leaving out all the details, but it's, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. The beleaguered colonists also made contact with the local indigenous people and began to study their society and culture. So, at this point, much like the previous expedition, still okay. Like, relations are at the moment they're like, okay. they're like They're like, we haven't figured out an angle yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like once we do, you know, this uh, yeah, things the, are going to change a little Europeans bit. The Europeans are like, we know we're superior. We just <laughs> haven't know. quite figured out how to put you in your place yet. Yeah. So after repairs were complete, the tiger met up with the Roebuck and Dorothy at the colony. Now, the Red Lion had dropped off the intended colonists and moved on to Newfoundland on a privateering mission. So again, okay. that was its destination. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, while somewhere in the ballpark of 300 people were first supposed to remain as colonists, given the destruction of many of their provisions when the tiger ran aground, it wasn't really feasible for that many people to subsist on the supplies they had. Now, another ship bringing more colonists and supplies was slated to set off from England that month. So, you figure they're arriving in another month or two, and unfortunately, all they can do is kind of be like, well, we, f- we had these plans. We figure they're going as as planned. Like, they had no way to communicate, so there was no... There was they're not like, even a they're telegraph. Like, they're like, uh, well, well, let's just go ahead. Let's just figure that yeah. that's how it's going, yeah. Nobody will know. <laughs> Actually, nobody will know. There's, yeah, literally. Yeah, we can make up whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So given this information... Grenville decided it was safer for only about a hundred colonists to say to stay, because that was still enough people to start building without risking faster depletion of provisions. So he cut sure the that makes force sense. to about a, th- yeah. a third. Yeah, what Gren- Grenville did not know at the time was that the fleet that was set to sail behind him had been diverted to Newfoundland because of the Spanish-English conflict was heating up, and the Spanish were now intercepting English ships engaging in trade in the area so basically they were completely just like forget that new mission but they didn't know of course they didn't know like we said didn't know and there was no way to let them know at that time yeah literally if they were lucky someone they would on on this high seas they would run into somebody who had come more recently (laughs) from the area you know like that's literally their best and have to size them up for a whole you know, 20 miles mm-hmm. within, like, okay, is this an enemy, a friend? What is this I thing? I imagine that's what the flags were for. But... Yeah. So Grenville, I, fuck, I know. Fuck being a human at this time. I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so Grenville left the colony as planned on August 25th. And remember, he was not the governor. 
the other guy was. Yeah, that, that <laughs> what guy. the fuck is his name? Lane. Right. Yes. This is the Lane expedition. The Lane Street. Lane Street. Lane Street is yeah. the governor. Yeah. Governor. <laughs> Gov- governor. Governor. <laughs> Lane Street. So he left on August twenty fifth. <coughs> Excuse me. He went back through the Caribbean and happened upon a sizable Spanish merchant ship that had gotten separated from its fleet. He was able to capture it, along with all the items on board. So he pirated it, right? Sure. Uh, Then Grenville brought the ship and its plunder back to England, where he presented it to Queen Elizabeth, who was very happy to see that enough goods had been brought back to make the entire expedition profitable. So screw the colonists. This is a win of a mission. Um, And that gave her a favorable view of the Virginia colony and of Sir Raleigh and his efforts. But it didn't say much about what was actually going on back at the colony. So, back at the colony, at first, things were okay in the smaller-than-intended colony. So supplies were wearing thin pretty quickly, but the group was actually pleasantly surprised to discover a fair amount of natural resources, including edible fruits and plants. So, okay. All right. They can live off those. Yeah. And surprisingly, they were also able to establish kind of friendly relations with the local indigenous people, which was good for the colonists because trading and hospitality could help ensure that they could make it through the winter. So it was sort of like... Uh, strategic friend making oh, sure. allies yeah. like oh so we'll hey we've got some stuff we can give you that you don't have and you can give us food so we can survive and also can you show us like where to find the best plants and so and if and the local people were responding okay fair enough we'll, All right. we'll help you out so here. we're off to a good start <laughs> a positive start we'll put it that way Start being the we're off to a start. <laughs> we are off to a start. Yes, and we're off. <laughs> um, so now I'm guessing by like so there was this resupply ship that was supposed to come got diverted to Newfoundland, but they didn't know that. But I'm guessing within a couple months they kind of realized they probably figured it out after a while. Like uh, a yeah, yeah, they're exactly. like we're not seeing this guy uh, probably yeah. ever again. Yep. So things were kind of looking up for the colonists, but the same could not be said for their indigenous friends. Thomas Harriet began to note that for reasons unknown to them at the time, every time, so curious, every time they visit a new village, the inhabitants would quickly become gravely ill and many would die. Oh my God. <laughs> Most likely it's because the colonists were carrying diseases like smallpox Influenza, new strains. They're bringing new diseases over that we, which nobody we, has. We covered in Kogalitsi. Yes, yes and we did. It's, this was a, a major problem. It happened all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it happened all over when these two parts of the world suddenly started to meet up again yep. after a thousand years of being apart or Tens something of like that. Yeah. Remember, something like, stupid people like cross that. the land bridge. Yeah. Tens of, or 10,000 years yeah. prior or something like that. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, and yes, now you're this, reintroducing. <laughs> yeah, this is just... something that would just play out again and again and again in North America during the colonization. Now, this actually played into the colonists' hand when Wingina. I'm. I'll. I'll stick with that. But again, I don't know the actual pronunciation. We mentioned him in the yes, previous episode. Mm-hmm. He is the leader of the Sikaton tribe. 
uh, he got sick and asked the colonists to pray for him. And then he got better. So. Oh, man. <laughs> like, in his mind, he's like, well, I was sick. They prayed for me. I got oh, better. They must have, like, some power, some mm-hmm. special power or something. We need to listen to them. Yep. So he uh, asked them to visit other villages, but that just spread the illness. So it didn't have the intended effect. So because, but because of this, so they were, <laughs> they were unintentionally killing a bunch, like, in, in, in these Trying times of COVID. Right, yes. What, it's very relevant I, to t- today. Did I tell you what my grandmother calls it? What? Covoid. Okay. <laughs> she calls it covoid. All right. But anyway, uh, so, like, we're obviously very sensitive about communicable disease right now. Well, they were literally traveling and yeah, they, they, deadly they, diseases with they didn't no, even know. Yeah. no clue whatsoever. And they're like, why do people keep dying behind us? Yeah, we're not even shooting them and they're dying. Like, what? what is happening? But to be fair, they didn't even know about viruses back nah, then. No. no. They were, they didn't even, this was decades before, no, this was centuries before bloodletting and shit. So this is like pre that. It's, it's, Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. I think we all need to go back to a time where it was pre-bloodletting. <laughs> Actually, pre, pre-bloodletting. Uh-huh. That's the name of my new band. There you go. That is yes. pre-bloodletting. Yes. There you go. And it's or t- just bloodletting. No, pre-bloodletting is, is better. <laughs> you have to be able to pronounce it. Pre-bloodletting. <laughs> Those are, it's hard. Pre-blood. It's the pre-blood. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... On tour next year is pre-bloodletting. There you go. <laughs> so because they just kept killing people accidentally. Yeah, just wherever we show up. <laughs> it's so weird. Of How is this we happening? Laugh now nobody knew back then, but no. um, obviously, you literally thought the one guy who was getting everybody sick was a god. He was like, "Well, he prayed for me. <laughs> I got better. So that, so that must mean, you know." Um, so obviously with a lot of people dying, that led to practical issues like, oh, I can't even do it. I'm like, okay, we, we had to stop again. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to be all smooth. Anyway, I cannot be smooth. I, I can't yes, can. smooth. Anyway, they had uh, practical issues like not having enough people to harvest like and and work because part of their workforce was dead. Thank you, thanks Europe, thanks English <laughs> thanks, colonists, thanks colonizers. Yeah, thanks colonizers. Um, so uh, um, and it was not just bad news for the indigenous people. It was bad news for the colonists because they were literally relying on their friends. They're like to... all these people that we needed to do things that we were going to order around. Well, whoopsie doopsie, we they're all them. dead now. <laughs> Didn't know we did, but we did. Uh, what do we do now? Yeah. So by the time spring came around, uh, Seikoten and colonist relations uh, were not good. <laughs> because they had, the ma- they had had to make it through a winter at this point. So basically, they the colonists were a fucking drain on them. Yeah. You know, is how it, how, how it worked out. Uh, Sh- and, shocking. And Mungina... As much as he was like, oh, you healed me. Can you go heal everybody else? He was no longer a fan, shall we say, of the colonists. He even... he was like he was like, well, maybe that was a one off in retrospect. No. Oh, oh, the, the yeah, the, the healing. Yeah. 
Well, here's how here's how much he started to be like fuck you to the settlers. He changed his name to again, apologies for um pronunciation, Pemisapan, which means one who watches. Mm. <laughs> he he pulled a Walter White like yes, I am the did. one who knocks. He's yes. like I am the one who watches. And he sent this a signal that he was keeping a close eye on the Englishman. So Pemisapan, I'm probably going to pronounce it different every single time, created a deliberately hostile situation for the colonists when he told Ralph Lane that the Choanoke tribe was planning on attacking the colonists. Then he told the Choanoke's leader, uh, Menatonin, to expect a peacemaking visit from Lane. Oh, so he told uh-huh. uh, Menatonin, oh, they're going to come to shake your hand. And he told Lane, oh, they're... They're coming to they're kill coming you. to kill you. Yes. So so thinking it was a hostile situation based on what Pemisapen told him, Lane brought a gun to a knife fight, essentially, right? Metaphorically speaking, and was easily able to capture Menatonin because he was like, what the fuck? I thought we were here to, like, like make nice. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we're sorry we killed everybody. We didn't we didn't mean to. We were we were gonna no 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 no, no. other way around. Oh, I'm sorry. Other way around. Yes. Okay. So no. Yeah. No, no, not that. So Menatonin at that point revealed that Pemisapen was like, "Hey, no, we were told that you were gonna come here to shake our hand, dude. Like, what's your problem?" That's what Pemisapen told us, and that started to make. A lot of things go very wrong. You know, basically nobody because nobody knew exactly. Anymore. Nobody knew who to mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. And then that also started to build a relationship between Lane and Menatonin, sort of ironically, right? Sure. Like the enemy thought maybe they're the enemy. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, sort mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. So Menatonin told Lane, "Oh, you know, there's also some land to the west that we call Chanis Temoatin, and that has." Like, huge deposits of a valuable metal. So they're basically saying, there's this area we know, and it's, like, very rich in natural resources. Now, Lane liked the idea of going after this area, and so he set off to the west with about 40 of his men in search of this uh, rich land of riches. And it became pretty clear pretty quickly that they were not going to find what they were looking for. And they found only, in the best of cases, abandoned villages. And in the worst of cases, people literally waiting to ambush them. So that wasn't good. So by the time they got back to the colony... Sounds like fun. Yeah. By the time they got back to the colony, they were hungry and pissed. And you do not want to have a hungry, pissed European... 16th century white man and it fully entitled more than any white men of modern times could ever be <laughs> imagine that <laughs> if there, you can. There, there literally were no limits yes no limits <laughs> no limits to the um the arrogance at that point that is very true so the rest of the colony as well as local tribes thought that maybe these guys had been killed along their journey not a bad guess honestly considering it's pretty it's a pretty good educated it's, it's a good guess. bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After a very short semi-truce between the colonists and the Sicotans, Pemisipen had his people completely evacuate Roanoke. They're like, we are fucking out of here. 
and then they were ordered further ordered he he ordered his people not to trade with them basically completely cutting the Englishmen off of all of their resources. No food, no supplies. They were fucking on their own. Um, So they had to produce, forage, find, beg the people that they encountered, whatever the case was. Lane learned of a planned attack on the colonists by Pemisopen through subterfuge. Mm. And, oh, I'm sorry, and through subterfuge, I was just excited about saying subterfuge, (laughs) and through subterfuge had disinformation provided to the leader that reinforcements and provisions had arrived to the colony via English ships. Again, remember, this still hadn't happened. They were still SOL. They were on their own. So on June 1st, Lane and some of his men visited Pemisopen under the guise of peace. When Lane gave the high sign... And tellingly, the trigger phrase was, quote, Christ our victory, end quote. Nothing worse than an entitled 16th century European white Christian man. His men shot at the Sacatons. Pemisopen was shot, but he was still able to run. They chased him, shot him again. And he was killed by two of the colonists, including little Thomas Harriet, the scientist. Yeah. And then they cut off Pemisopen's head and returned to the colony with it. This entire encounter cemented the animosity against the settlers by the Sicotans, and for goddamn good reason. Yeah, I wonder what wound up happening to these people. Let's read on, (laughs) shall we? (laughs) So with things going to total shit in the Virginia colony, Lane and his crew lucked out when it, the, an English ship finally did arrive that same month, so we're talking about June, I think this is 1586, captained by none other than explorer Sir Francis Drake. Drake was planning on giving some much-needed provisions to the colonists, but instead it turned into a literal rescue mission. Every single one of the thoroughly traumatized col- he was, he was, colonists... He was pulling up. He was like, he was like, hey, guys, I got hey beer. I got joints. No, no, we need to get on they're board. They're all we, like we running, the, we need to get running the fuck out of the here. water, <laughs> climbing up the ship, <laughs> yeah. grappling. They're like, we'll take the joints and the beer on the ship going back to England. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that instead. So they returned to England the following month with Drake. Uh, now, as a truly ironic footnote, just a few days after the colony was evacuated, Grenville finally sent a supply ship. He didn't know they were gone. When the ship arrived, they were, they were like, hey, guys, guys, anybody here? Like, no one was there, right? Um, so they left. <laughs> They're like, okay, I guess we're not doing anything then. Then Grenville himself arrived two weeks later with a year's worth of supplies and 400 men. Like the final, like, hey, yeah. hey we're, we're back. We're back, guys. Guys? Hello? Hey, Ralph? Ralph? They're, Ralph? And, and then they're like, then they're, then they're like, did we land in the wrong spot? Like, <laughs> right. So they obviously it's not, like, it's not like you could call somebody back then. So they basically <laughs> crossed paths with you know in the ocean. <laughs> um without yeah, that, knowing that it. little that little tiny area known as the ocean where you're going to <laughs> right, see the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there he is over there. 
<laughs> so they Grenville ended up leaving behind a small contingent of 15 of his men to like basically continue the claim on the colony, right? Like yeah, you guys just camp out here. And they they didn't know that everything had just gone to absolute <laughs> That that's correct. But let's 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 follow that for a second. Man. Given the horrific experience by local tribes with the previous colonists, when the Croatan tribe found these 15 men, they decided it was not worth the risk. So in a sneak attack on the colonists, the Croatans ended up killing two of them, only two, surprisingly. I am actually shocked by that. And the rest got in their ship and left. And those 13 men were never heard of again by any English people. We'll, we'll get back to them in a little bit. So believe it or not, I, I, I am trying so hard to keep this in three parts. We have two more pages to go. <laughs> it could have been four. All right, you have a lot of bug bites, don't I do. you? That's okay. okay. It's just distracting. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just tell the story. Okay. <laughs> so this is the section I told you about uh, this. Uh, never stop, never stopping. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the Empire Strikes Back. Yes. This is the second expedition. So the Lane expedition didn't go so well. No. 15 guys left behind by Grenville, gone. <clears throat> so clearly shit had not gone well on Raleigh's first attempt to establish <clears throat> the Virginia colony. But, <clears throat> as you may recall... Um, it's like we put a rich kid... Who had never done it himself <laughs> in charge of an expedition? What could go wrong? And everything went, you know. But here's the thing: she, uh, so Elizabeth didn't really care or know the extent of the fuckery because all she knew is that Grenville had brought back that Spanish ship full of plunder. So she's like, "This is there must be this more of business, those, yeah. right?" Um, so. Raleigh can like still held his charter. He could still give it another go. He had like seven years, I think it was. <laughs> just, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, despite how disastrously his first attempt had gone. And he knew that he couldn't just send a fresh batch of victims, I mean colonists, to Roanoke <laughs> Island because they would undoubtedly encounter the Sigaton, who Ralph Lane had clearly made enemies of by killing Pemisipan. So they'd have to be strategic in where they went from here. So they were like, you know what? We've said it before. We'll say it again. Chesapeake Bay, right? Which modern times located just north of us on Mm -hmm. the coast. So in Virginia, it's where like uh, Virginia Beach and Newport News and all those places are, right? Um, So they were like, okay, maybe that's a better location. Partially... Of part of the reason that they picked that too is that they still thought that the Pacific Ocean was like just over yonder. Yeah, it's just over there. <laughs> just past Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. So there was we, that. We, too. we don't have to cut across all of North America, or <laughs> which anything. is three thousand miles of land that we don't we are unaware of. Yes. Uh, it's, it's just so weird to think of, but yeah. So Raleigh was cool with this idea for Chesapeake Bay, and proceeded with a corporate charter to found. The, quote, the city, C-I-T-T-I-E, oh. of Raleigh, end quote, in the New World. Now, we live in the actual city of Raleigh, modern times, but... Isn't that how that one uh, restaurant is spelled? City? Mm-hmm. Or is it S- S-I-T-T-I. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a Mediterranean restaurant oh, downtown. Okay. It's called City. Close. Yeah. That's what, uh, they, that's, sure. that's, that's what they get their influence from. 
Yeah. It's just a Mediterranean yeah. Yeah, restaurant, they, and they, they took it from a word from another language. But. So they, they weren't putting heads on plates and displaying them? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I doubt. I, <laughs> not in my experience of having dined there. I will That'd say be more that. fun. <laughs> I'm a vegan. It would not be. <laughs> so he appointed a survivor of the first colony, cartographer, and artist, John White. So yeah, why not? As the would-be governor of yeah. the second colony. You know what? You done good, kid. You get to be the governor of this. It's like this you made a map. Like you're good at watercolors. Yeah. So and actually, he apparently really was yeah. good at watercolors. So, um, so he was moving up. <laughs> this Johnny boy. Uh, he would be joined yet again by Simon Fernandez, the pilot of the initial expedition and the first colony attempt. Despite the fact that on the previous voyage, Fernandez had earned the nickname the Swine. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, apparently it's not known whether he actually earned that nickname or if it was given to him by the Englishman who sailed with him because he was Portuguese. So it could either be a racial slur against him or maybe he was a dick. We don't know. It's more fun if it's both. (laughs) I guess. So the second attempt at a colony was not a military operation, but rather a genuine, like, let's see if we can tough it out and found an, an actual settlement here. For that reason, the company would not be all male, but would include women and children. So specifically, 91 men, 17 women, and 9 children. And they would be accompanied by two native people they were bringing back to the New World, similar to the first voyage. Now, one of these people was Manio, again, who had, in the interim, come back to England. This, So we'll, we'll get God, to Manio this, in a yeah. little bit, so... So from uh, that, there there was a uh, hundred, I think it was 121 people sailing back from what I could tell, 119 of whom would be settlers because there's two indigenous people. So the people who were joining the voyage as colonists were largely from London, mostly pretty middle class. They were hoping to move up in the world by becoming landowners in, in the new world, right? Um, because capital is everything. And capitalism. <laughs> Cannot rail against it. That's, an ex- so mon- that's a very extreme form of capitalism, though. You're literally sailing across thousands of miles of ocean just to be like, I'm going to claim my spot here. Like, uh, it's I'll, a good bet back then. But also, like, it's pretty ballsy. Like, I'll, Doesn't I'll mean give you deserve the, uh, it or earned it. It does not, but... Mm-mm. Nobody deserves or earns stealing shit from I, people. I, I will give them the... Uh, uh, Bonus points for trying. I don't. Okay. (laughs) So among the colonists... (laughs) We know their fate anyway. Yes, exactly. Well, no, we don't. That's the whole point. That is true. We don't exactly. We know their fate is they were never heard from again. No recorded interactions, Mm -hmm. correct? So amongst the colonists were Eleanor and Ananias Dare. Now, Eleanor was formerly Eleanor White, as in John White's daughter. And she was pregnant for the voyage. Can you? I know. Fucking I, no. misery. I cannot. I would. I will never be pregnant. Well, I should say I will never give birth. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Oh. I cannot sure? say for sure, but I can say for sure that I will never give birth. Um, and so any potential pregnancy will not last. Let's just say that. So I cannot imagine. First of all, I never want to be pregnant because it sounds horrible. It does. It's, it sucks. It sounds like it really, really yeah. sucks. Now so imagine no being pregnant in 1586 on a ship. On a fucking ship. It's just like 
This is the worst possible everything. Ever. You think you think being pregnant? I, I still. I mean, epidemic is bad. Look at this. Looking, Look at what this lady had to do. I mean, looking back through history, I, I, and I'm sure I've said this 50 times already in previous episodes, but I'm I am shocked that humans are still around. Like it's it's, it's fucking just... dumb luck. Dumb fucking luck. That's all it is. It's a lot of ingenuity too. Jesus, but, no, uh, it's luck. It's fucking luck. Yeah, kind of, mm. but uh, it it is like no thanks. You know, like, I'm no. kind of down on humans. I, I do. Here comes that asteroid. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Smile for the camera. <laughs> so it meant that her child might, and I say might because there was another pregnant woman aboard, might become the first European child born in the new colony, which we'll get to. So the expedi- expedition, <laughs> expedition, expedition, the expedition set out. <laughs> the expiation. <laughs> Set out on May 8th, 1587, and consisted of three ships led by the flagship Lion, with White and Fernandez on board. And they reached the New World on July 22nd. The Lion and one of the other ships anchored. Now, they were not at Chesapeake Bay, which is where they were supposed to go, right? But rather, they were at Croatoan Island. Oh, no. So this is Hatteras, mm-hmm. modern-day Hatteras, right? Like Southern Outer Banks. The plan was for White to continue on one of the other ships, so not the Lion, but another ship, to Roanoke Island to see if he could figure out, or to talk to, I should say that, to talk to, because he didn't know the 15 men from Grenville were no longer there, but he wanted to consult with them, to be like, oh, hey, tell us about this area, basically. So they reached the site of Lane's colony, but then learned, of course, what we already knew. No one was there. They found the structures built by the first colonists, vacant and overgrown. And creepily, they also found some human remains. Sure. <clears throat> so, now whether that was the two guys that definitely got killed of the 15, or whether it was like a Either way. A head that they, a wingina, sorry, I forgot his, pemisipin, um, hit his head, uh, who knows. Either way, they were like, these structures that they've built are already overgrown. Well, no, they they knew that. They were looking just for the 15 guys. Right. But, yeah. And they're like, oh, and we found <laughs> <Human> some... remains. <laughs> oh, this was Phil. Like, yeah. Everybody knew him. So, back at... Cro- <laughs> That's good. Well, if there's a Ralph, there's got to be a Phil. There has to be. So, back at Croton Island, the third ship arrived on July 25th. So, now here's where things get a little... Fuzzy, geographically speaking. So from what I can tell, the presumed location of the second settlement was back on Roanoke Island, but I'm not sure why that was the case. They were supposed to be in Chesapeake Bay. I don't know if they thought that they were uh, reaching Chesapeake... No, but uh, they thought they reached Chesapeake Bay. Also, why did they return to the same spot when they knew... At this point, they would have known because they were all back in England, including sure. the, the failed expedition. I mean, like, they knew that things with the Sicketons were not good with the previous expedition, so, like, why did they do that? Anyway, I could not find... For all sorts of reasons, I'm I sure. I could not but... find details on the logistics of how they... Uh, uh, like, how they rendezvoused with White's contingent, who had looked for the 15... Um, but then there's also references to Albemarle Sound, which is not near Hatteras, but it's up near Roanoke Island. Anyway, it's pretty clear somehow that that's where they ended up back on Roanoke Island to try and establish their new colony, likely near modern day Manio, the town mm-hmm. named after the man yep. who we'll get to. 
So at any rate, it did not take long for things to start to go south for the colonists. On July 28th, three days after they reached this area, right? Or maybe less because uh, the third ship arrived down at Hatteras on the 25th. So anyway, one of White's assistants, a man named George Howe, made a bad choice. He decided that he wanted to go fishing and went by himself. And he was found dead, (laughs) having been killed by someone who was not happy to come upon yet another batch of Europeans. So after finding George Howe dead, it was very clear that in order to, to the settlers, that in order to have any shot of being able to establish a proper colony back on Roanoke Island, they would need to reconcile with the Sakatans, who, if their suspicions were right about who killed John or George Howe, that it was them, so they were not getting started off on the right foot. So this is where Manio, a Croatan chief, became a crucial asset to the colonists. So Manio had really grown to be a major asset to the colonists, and I'm sure he was viewed that way too. He helped translate and give valuable information about the indigenous peoples of the area, plus he obviously knew the geography well, considering this is his home turf, right? He had actually developed an affinity and a loyalty to the Europeans. Interesting. Yeah, apparently he had even converted to the Church of England, Anglican Christianity, possibly having been converted by Sir Walter himself, although there's a lot of speculation that Raleigh may have done so in order to greater control Manio, which that's all religion is for, just putting it out there. In fact, to foster the exact loyalty Manio ended up feeling. And so, because things weren't going so well with the local people, the colonists figured it was time to step up with Manio to reach out to the Croatans to make nice and gain some valuable intel in the process. On July 30th, 1587, this was just a couple days after Howe got killed, Governor White decided to to send Edward Stafford, one of the expedition ship's captains, along with Manio and a detachment of 20 people, over to Croatan Island, again modern-day Hatteras, and intel they did indeed gain. The Croatans confided in Manio and the colonists that George Howe had been killed by a group of Sikatans, who were understandably still holding a grudge against the colonists after Ralph Lane and his men ambushed and beheaded Pemisipan. So, he was their chief, so... Further, not only were the Sekatans still clearly openly hostile towards the Europeans, again, good for good reason, but they had been aided in killing George Howe by none other than Wenchies. Oh. One of the guys they took back with them to mm-hmm. England, but who started get, developing a bit of a grudge. Yeah, like, I don't think I'm like, here voluntarily. Uh, like, I don't I'm like not, this. Not sure. Mm-mm. So even further... Not only was Wanchi's in on all this, he led an intertribal coalition in the attack against Grenville's 15 men the previous year. So he was responsible, or the head, the leader of that. So despite these, one might say, highly justified hostilities uh, against them by the Sekotans, the colonists still understood that they needed to keep the peace with the local tribes if they stood any chance at all at remaining there and truly founding the Virginia colony. So they asked the Croatans to reach out to the Sekotans and the other tribes to offer up a truce. Well, lo and behold, 
the colonists really had burned their bridges by this point. All of their all of their pleas just fell on deaf ears uh, because the, the locals had absolutely heard all of this shit before. And remember what happened to Pemmispin when Ralph Lane wanted to have a sit down? He said, you know, yeah. hey guys, hi sign, Christ the Lord God Almighty or whatever he said. And they fucking shot him and then beheaded him. They shot him twice. Yes. And then beheaded shot him. Shot him, chased him, shot him, beheaded him. Yeah. So I'd like to imagine that at some point, John White actually said, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. Because once the easy way, the truce didn't work. It was apparently on with this entitled white man, and he decided it was time to do things the hard way. And that was part two of The Lost Colony of Roanoke. To be continued? Yeah. I think we can all see where this is going. Jeez, I wonder how all these people became lost (laughs) to history. We shall see. We shall. Shan't we? And, I mean... Yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, this, this whole time, I just, the, the whole time I'm, we're doing this story, I'm thinking of, imagine living in the 1580s. I know, I know it's just all horrible. Like, just, like, what I would know. that have been like? Like, if you were born into, well, like, in any time period and... The wealthy classes. Well, things are fine. The thing is, like, you never know that it, it's going to be better in years to come. You know? I guess. I mean, I... Like, you only know what you know, so... And you're probably not even thinking that far ahead. You're just probably yeah. thinking, well, every every day I have to figure out how to survive. Well, it was much more survival-oriented. I think that's true. I think that's true. But um, but I, being a person having been born in modern times, I would sure say I would rather be in... COVID written 2020. Oh, I, hell yeah. With its Chinese seeds, mystery seeds being mailed and <laughs> mailed <to> people. <laughs> um Saharan dust clouds and Isaias and like all this shit then to be especially a then, woman, but then just then just to have a time, normal day. A normal in fifteen eighty six. Even a good day. Even a great day. I'll take like all, the yes. best day in fifteen eighty six. I will take all of that. Over, I would take my worst day in twenty twenty over the best day. Yes, absolutely. In fifteen eighty seven, yeah. Yeah. A- anytime. <laughs> like it's not even worth thinking about. There's nothing to think about. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, I mean I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, water is dangerous. Yes. Yes, it is. Just in general. It's very dangerous. It's it's big. There's big water around Puerto Rico. Whatever. That's something from Trump like three years ago. Oh, when people, <laughs> there's big water. <laughs> there have been so many fuck-ups since then that people forgot about. Forget all the stupid shit. That, One day someone will compile, like, all the, after he's dead, will be will compile, like, all the stupid shit. Donald Trump is on the record saying, and it'll be like an encyclopedia volume. It will. <laughs> it, it, no, it'll, people will go door to door selling. Them. Yeah, like this is volume one yeah. of just his tweets. Like we yeah. haven't even, we haven't even gotten to his press conferences oh yet. Oh my god. Um, but anyway, but no thanks. Uh, I'm glad I'm a human in the uh, 19th and 20th. Or I'm sorry. <laughs> Were you a human in the 19th century? I I might have been. You never know. That, I will tell you, that (laughs) confused the shit out of me as a kid. And I still have to think to myself, 
think one ahead. One year, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it comes to centuries, being one ahead, because mm-hmm. I get it, because year, technically year zero to 100 was the one century, not the zeroth century, you know. Well, one is an word first. <laughs> it's it is the not. word I was looking for. I think we're going to make it one, though. But anyway. <laughs> one. Th- one. Th- but uh, having grown up in the tail end of the 20th century, mm-hmm. as the Anglican calendar goes, and Gregorian, I think it is. That too. Sure. <laughs> and also becoming an adult in the early 21st century. Yeah, I'm not really picking another era. M- maybe going to the 70s, but then again, probably not. Oh, that like, was bad shit. It was. So. And gas was expensive. It was. Um, relatively speaking. Yes. Um, so thank you to all these explorers that did all of this stuff for us. That's a hard one to say thank well, you colonists. We'll get to that. But I know what you're saying, that it's like some people did really hard shit that ended up getting us where we are. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a lot to unpack. I am not really well, going to say, yay, go horrible European explorers. Right. And, Sorry. <laughs> and the aliens, when we conquer outer space, they're next. Like, they don't know it yet. What if we're the ones who are going to be conquered? I actually think that would be fitting. No. I, no. It, it, it doesn't fit the narrative. I think, we, I think we've we've prattled but that's not, but the, uh, Yes, we probably have. I think I'm good wrapping this up, yeah. if you are. <laughs> and now we're going into outer space talk. A little bit. So let's, let's chop it off. But I do think your idea about the the titles... The, the Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. back. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're back. Yeah. We already sent a militia. We mistakenly sent another ship that kind of wound up there that nobody was expecting and... We've tried many times, but we never stop, never stopping. Yes, indeed. So next week, it will be the return of the Jedi. Yes, it will. Yes. And for this week, it has been the Lost Colony of Roanoke, Chapter 2. Oh, I'm sorry. Part 2. Yes. The Empire Strikes Back, featuring Never Stop, Never Stopping. (laughs) This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.